It's that time of the year again. Winter is fading away, springtime is coming, and you, the principal, have to think about how to staff for another school year. And thinking about who you're going to have on your team also means thinking about who you're not going to have on your team. And this is one of the most difficult decisions you have to make each year as a school leader. So today we're going to talk about it. Let's discuss how to determine whether or not a teacher should return for another school year. You are listening to the Educate on Purpose podcast. This show is designed to support school leaders that want to break down barriers in education. On this show, it doesn't matter if you're a mentor teacher, a district superintendent, or anything in between. Together, we fearlessly fight to provide quality education. We design joyous, caring learning environments, and we lead with clarity and purpose. Thanks for joining the Educate on Purpose family. Today's discussion is a tough one because we are talking about whether or not you should renew a teacher's contract. This is hard for school leaders because we are naturally loving, caring people. Let's face it, we were designed to teach people and to get people to a desired state of being, no matter how long it took. But the challenge is, is that we only have one school year most times, and we're thinking about how to improve our students and how to best help them reach their goals. So we have to balance that with the livelihoods and the potential of teachers that are in our building. So today I wanted to share some things that I've learned about renewing a teacher's contract, about being a school principal uh, in this in this very challenging situation. I've also created this helpful tool called the Contract Renewal Pathway. It's for you and your leadership team as you're making these hard decisions around contracts. And that link will be shared in the show notes so you can download that as you listen to today's podcast. I also dive deeper into this conversation in the school leadership community. And the school leadership community, if you haven't heard about it yet, it's pretty awesome. The school leadership community is a community for school leaders looking to improve their school with really quick, really practical steps. There are many courses in there that will help you in just about any major challenge you will face as a school leader. It also includes the topic around contract renewals. And if many courses aren't the thing for you, um, then you also can utilize the community forums. The community forums are where you can ask leaders questions about a challenge that you are facing at that time. And of course, if those weren't enough, which I think that's pretty awesome in, in and of itself, but if that's not enough, we also have live leadership think tanks. This is where you meet live with about five to eight other leaders all in a Zoom room and you're talking about challenges that you face. And when you talk about those challenges, then you receive tips and tactics from other leaders. And then those leaders get to flip the script and they get to share their challenges that they're facing and you get to give them some tips and tactics that they uh, would like to receive from you. So 
You can check all of these things out on my website at brandongheouse.com slash SLC app. Once again, that is brandongheouse.com slash SLC app. And let me tell you, I'm so glad that you're taking part in this podcast in this way or in any way that you can, whether it's on the website, uh, through the SLC community, or whether it's just by downloading the helpful tool here. This is so important for school leaders because so many school leaders get this wrong, including myself. You see, I am the king of analysis paralysis. I know this. I'm, I'm very sure of it. And I'm one of those people that I can overthink a situation for far too long and talk myself into never making a decision at all. And for years, I didn't even realize that I was taking on all of these negative mindsets when it came to keeping and retaining teachers or letting teachers move on to a different place that might be a better fit. I just took it so personally that I could not ever make a decision. So I had to go and talk to several leaders, other people that have been in the profession for a while, and they were able to expose me to my own negative mindsets. They kept challenging me over and over again to rethink the way that I was thinking about uh, leading my school and retaining teachers. And they pointed out several themes that kept coming up for me over and over again. And for a while, I was just being stubborn and I ignored it until I started listening to other leaders who were sharing their challenges. And once I heard the same themes pop up over and over again, then I realized that this was something that was probably happening in my life as well. And although it seemed easier for me to resolve their challenges than my own, I knew that I had to make some changes in my mindset first in order to improve my staff so that I could improve teaching and learning. So here are some common mindset mistakes when it comes to contract renewals. The first mindset mistake for contract renewal is this thought process. Uh, Well, you know, uh, Miss Jackson, she's just, she's such a good person, man. She smiles all the time. She's happy. She's bubbly. Man, she, I just don't know how I could not renew her. Now, before we go on, let me make one quick caveat. Do we need to have good people in our schools? Do we need to have good people who just are just nice? Yes, we do. That's a part of making a good cultural school environment. You want people who are just good people at your school. That's that's what makes school fun. But it can't be the only thing that that teacher has. If the teacher is just, just a good person, then they're not actually helping your students improve. And of course, We know that the number one priority of a teacher, the number one priority of a principal, is to make sure that we are improving teaching and learning. And if we're not doing that, then we're getting off track with what our main goal is for school. So it it, it is nice to have good people at your school. And of course, any parent will tell you, me included, because I have 
several kids that are at school. I want to make sure that those teachers that are teaching my kids love my kids, but they are also loving my kid by giving them the right information, making sure that they're growing, making sure that they're learning. So you as a principal, you already know that there may be a teacher at your school that just is really nice, but you haven't seen the improvement in their school, in their students' work to know whether or not they were actually getting towards that goal. The other wrong negative mindset that can derail your staffing is this thought process. Well, you know, Miss Johnson and I, we we started our careers together. We worked on the same grade level and we have worked together for a very long time. In fact, after school on some Fridays, we go and hang out together. I went to her baby shower. She came to my birthday party. We even bought the same car. Okay, that might be a little extreme, but you know what I mean. The point is, is that sometimes personal relationships can get in the way. And I've been in in those situations as well. It's hard when you know somebody really, really well, but you also know that this person is not quite where you expect them to be. And because you have a personal relationship, it may be hard for you to even tell them that there, there needs to be some improvement in their instructional practice. That is not good for your staff. Because if you let those personal relationships get in your way, then once again, you're focusing on that person and and you're not focusing on the, the task of getting them to improve. You're not focusing on the task of helping them uh, help students. And sometimes if you have a really good personal relationship, it, it it's almost better for you to tell them that their teaching needs to improve because that's what Good friends do. They're honest. So don't let those personal relationships get in the way. Now, the last mindset is probably the most common one we hear all the time. It's one that I struggle with. And I don't know that I have the perfect answer for, but I know that it is something that gets in the way of a lot of principles. It's this one. Well, Brandon, if I get rid of this teacher, who's going to fill their spot? Do you know that there are no teachers out there right now? There's such a lack of teachers. Who who's going to fill the spot? I've got I've got so many staff vacancies right now. What what am I going to do? I I can't just go and find some random person to come teach these kids. At least this teacher, some teacher is better than no teacher. And once again, I would like to argue with that point because sometimes The wrong teacher can do more damage than a teacher that you need to improve a little bit. That needs a little bit of work that may come in and they know, they recognize that their teaching isn't where it needs to be, but they have the capacity to learn. Whereas if you have a teacher that uh, it just, they don't have the capacity, they aren't reaching the goals, they've haven't received feedback the way that you want them to, if you can see that in them, then it's probably a good idea just to let them go despite any teacher shortages. It's better to not have a bad teacher 
It's better not to have a bad teacher than to have a teacher that is going to get there. And I know that's hard. That's even hard for me to say as a principal, but it's true. You don't want a teacher that's going to ruin staff culture, student culture, student instructions, teach things the wrong way. That is going to take more work on the back end. So now that we've uh, tackled those mindset issues, let's really dig into what are the considerations for making sure that you are going to rehire this person. And yeah, I said it the, the way that I intended it rehire. Let's think about this for a second. As you're looking over your staff list, there's the, the main question you want to ask yourself is this. If you were to re-interview this person, at the end of the interview, would you rehire them based off of all the information that you knew? Let's say you sat down with them, you were picking up all of this information that you've learned about them over the school year, would you rehire them? Why or why not? In fact, think about it this way. When a teacher applies to a different school and they want to use you as a reference, guess what happens in that reference call when that other principal calls you? Guess what they say? They say, would you rehire this teacher? Why or why not? That's where you should start your mindset. If you haven't thought about it that way. If you're getting in the way of, oh, they're such a good person, or man, they put in so many years, or oh man, I just, we, we hang out all the time. I love this person. Or where am I going to find a teacher? If you're letting those things get in the way, then you're not really focusing in on how to move your school forward. So let's talk about five things that are going to help you make the right decision. Now, this is a pathway. And of course, with any pathway, there are some little avenues, shortcuts, nuances that you can take in order to make sure you have the right or the wrong person. These are five themes that I've learned as a leader and that I've picked up from other school leaders that have done this very successfully. At the end of this, if you have any additional ideas that you want to share, feel free. You can uh, you can send those over to me at Brandon at BrandonGHouse.com or you can uh, share them on our social media pages. And I'll share more about that at the end of the show. So consideration number one, I'll say this every single time. Start with your mission, your vision, and your year-long goals. Think about it for a second. What's the mission of your school? Where should your mission be taking your school? What's the big vision? And what are your year-long goals? Those year-long goals should be aligned to tasks that your teachers have been assigned to. So your year-long goal may be that you want 100% of your students reading on grade level, which means that Ms. Johnson, I don't know who Ms. Johnson is. I don't know why I keep saying her name. Miss whoever, Mr. Whoever, this teacher, um, they have a grade level goal. And their grade level goal may mean that they have 
20% of their students who are already reading on grade level, now they've got to work on getting the other 80% of their students on grade level. And then as a teacher, as a school leader, you're thinking about what type of progress has this teacher made towards that year-long goal? If your teachers are aligned to that goal in every single way, then you're on the right track. If your teachers are aligned to the mission, they're aligned to the vision, you can see that in their daily actions as a teacher, as an instructor, then you're moving one step closer. So always start with mission, vision, and value. Now, as you move along this pathway, now you're starting to think about what did I do as a school leader? Did you do your part as a school leader? That's the consideration number two. Because a lot of times we can place the blame on teachers who have a lot, a lot to do each year, each day. There are a lot of things that are, that are on a teacher's plate that we don't even really consider, especially if you're not in the classroom every single day. And so it's hard for you to say a teacher is underperforming as a principal if you don't know what they're doing every single day. And I've had some tough conversations with principals about this. It's hard to say, yes, this teacher does not deserve to be in my school if you haven't seen what they do every single day. I got to make that very clear. The number one, the number one priority of a principal is to improve teaching and learning. I say this almost every podcast. How can you improve teaching and learning if you don't see who's teaching and how the students are learning? We have to get out of our office. We have to be in the classroom. We have to make sure that teachers are improving. And mind you, I am not just pointing you out. This was a challenge for me for a long time because there's so much paperwork. There's so much challenges. There's so many fires to put out. There's so many things that you have to fix that it just gets in the way of trying to do what you were naturally hired to do. But that's where we get it backwards. There's a whole nother podcast on that. If you haven't had a chance to talk to listen to the delegation podcast, which is episode 24, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the culture podcast, make sure you go back and check those out. Those will help you ensure that you are doing your part first. When you are doing your part, you are doing these things. You're getting into the classroom regularly to do walkthroughs. Then You're also getting into the classroom to do full-on, full-class observations. Then you're also making sure that you're tracking that growth, ensuring that they're actually growing, which also means that you have to give some feedback. So you want to make sure that your feedback is effective. You're tracking, tracking how much feedback you've given to a teacher and how those teachers are reaching those goals. Those are all things that you should be doing in your part. So you have to ask yourself this question. Did you do your part? And did you do it equitably? Did you do it to a point where 
you know that there are teachers that might need a little more work. Maybe they're a brand new teacher. Maybe they have a very difficult class and you've spent a significant amount of time in those classrooms helping them improve. But you've also worked with those teachers that are fairly successful and independent. You also made sure that they are working and improving as well. If you've done your part and you can show that tangibly, then you can move on to the next thought process. This one has to be very personal towards you. It also has to be very personal towards your school and your school culture. When you're thinking about your school culture, we know school culture is based upon the the idea that you are setting out clear guidelines and you're living up to those clear guidelines. You're setting out clear non-negotiables and you're living up to those clear non-negotiables. Now, if you are fulfilling those non-negotiables and you're ensuring that everybody else is fulfilling those non-negotiables, that also spans into your teachers. As a school leader, number one priority is improving teaching and learning. The second one that I say is a close second is to make sure that your culture is in check and to make sure that everybody is living up to those non-negotiables that you've set out as a school. So you have to think about what are your non-negotiables? Is it arriving to school on time? Is it calling off and actually calling off, not just not showing up to work? Or is it, um, you know, whatever the non-negotiable is, dress code, uh, any sort of policy that you have written in your handbook, those non-negotiables should be something that you could, your, you and your staff can live up to every single day. And once again, you as a leader or somebody on your team should be, have, you should have a way of tracking these non-negotiables. That doesn't mean walk down the hallway with a clipboard and say, yep, dress code for Johnny, dress code for Sally, dress code for Susie. That's not what it is. And does anybody name their child Johnny, Susie, and Sally? I don't know. I'm just saying. Anyway, the point is, is that you need to make sure that if these non-negotiables are not met, you've had some discussion. You've given some feedback. You've helped them move towards that non-negotiable. And then if they show improvement, good. If they are not showing improvement, that's a challenge. And that's something that you need to consider when you're going back to the main idea. Would I hire this person again? So let's go back through this one more time. Consideration number one is consider your mission, your vision, and your year-long goals. Consideration number two is, did you do your part? Consideration number three is, what are your non-negotiables? And are they living up to those non-negotiables? Consideration number four is the skill will matrix. Now, every year, my team, we used to sit down with a list of all of our teachers. We would write their names down, put them on little sheets of paper, and then cut them out. And then we would create a skill will matrix chart. And if you haven't seen this before, it is in the downloadable, the uh, the contract renewal pathway downloadable that's in the link there. And it will give you a clear visual, visual of what the skill will matrix is. But basically, you want to know, does your teacher have very high skill? 
Does your teacher have very high will? Does they, do they have very low will? Do they have very low skill? And there's a combination of those. So a teacher could have low will, meaning they don't really want to do it, but they have high skill, which means they can do it. They just don't want to. Or it could be vice versa. They have very low skill, but they have very high will. They don't know how to do it yet, but they will do everything they can to learn. There are some teachers who may have both. They have very high skill and they have very high will. And so those are the teachers that you want to make sure that you are keeping at your school. And those are really, really hard to find. But once you find them, make sure that you keep them. And there's a whole different podcast that you can check out about how to retain and keep a positive school culture. But if you have a teacher that has low skill and low will, that's probably where you want to start with not renewing contracts. Once again, that's a hard conversation and it probably will hurt a little bit to have that conversation. But if you know that this teacher has demonstrated that they don't really care about whether or not their students improve. They don't really care whether or not they're following the non-negotiables and they haven't really demonstrated in the classroom that their students are improving. This is where the difficult conversations come in. You might want to start there. Then from there, Think about where on the matrix you would like to move next. If you check this out in the school leadership community, there's a whole conversation around the skill, will, matrix, how to use it, and how to retain it. But I like to think about it this way. I have two categories that I always want. That is, number one, I want a teacher that has high skill and high will. I also want a teacher that has high will and maybe low skill. Now think about it this way. For me, I love teaching and I have an extreme and abundant amount of patience. That is no lie. Uh, People tell me all the time, I can't believe how calm and patient you are. I use that to my advantage. I like to teach teachers. And so I feel like if a teacher is willing to learn, I'm willing to teach them. And I can spend the time teaching them how to be a great teacher. So if they come to me and they have low will or low skill, but high will, then they are definitely somebody that I will probably keep on my team. And then as I create my school leadership plan for the next year, I'm going to incorporate in my coaching plan Ways that I can improve this teacher's specific skills that I know that he or she is deficit in. So we've got the mission and vision that you need to consider. Did you do your part? And do you have uh, the non-negotiables and did they meet those non-negotiables? The last one was skill, will, matrix. And then the final thing to think about is placement. Are those teachers in the right grade level? Are they working with the right team? Those are all things to consider as well. I've made the mistake of saying that a teacher was not a good teacher because they were just on a team that just had a 
not good chemistry. It was not the, 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 the team that was willing to work together. The personalities clashed. And I thought maybe they just don't belong at the school, which was the wrong thing to think about. I didn't consider maybe they just weren't on a team that was allowing them to thrive and flourish. There's a very fine line there because you have to think about your non-negotiables. And are these teachers on this team, are they violating those non-negotiables? If not, but they just don't thrive together, it may be a placement issue. Or if you see a teacher who's teaching, but they're just not coming alive, they just aren't excited about the things that they're teaching. The students can improve, but they don't feel the passion that they felt once before. That could also be a placement issue. So you have to think about before I rehire this person or before I let this person go, are they in the right seat? And if they aren't, what can I do in order to make sure that they are in the right seat? And then you have to look at your rest of your staffing and make sure that you move them in a spot that may be appropriate to them. The other thing to think about with placement is you have to have the conversation with teachers. I can never forget a situation that I had maybe in my fourth or fifth year teaching where the principal stands up and they say, you know what? At the end of the school year, expect no one to be in the same grade level they were last year. We just had a terrible year. Our school did not improve and we just need to uh, shake things up. So uh, when you come back next school year, there is probably going to be a difference in your grade level placement. And that's the way it's going to be. Well, you could probably ex- anticipate you already know what happened. Yes, there was a massive uproar. Teachers were very, very upset. And the principal got a lot of uh, extra conversation for the next month until she decided to change things up. And she, instead of talking about just shaking things up, decided to have some conversations with people. And I remember uh, sitting down with this principal and saying, hey, um, I don't mind moving to a different grade level. I just need to know what materials I need to teach this grade level. So before you step into that situation around placement, before you step into that situation about moving people, make sure you have the conversation because it could be really messy and it could really derail your whole situation. But It can also be really good if you place teachers in the right spot. Well, now it's up to you, the school leader. You have to make the final decision. We've gone through what are the wrong mindsets, the three mindsets that are most prominent, most pervasive in school leadership when it comes to renewing contracts. And we've talked through the five considerations before rehiring a teacher. If you want to dig deeper, if you want to talk more about this, don't forget to check out the school leadership community. We will be opening our doors to any principal who is willing to join on March 28th. 
All you have to do is go over to brandongehouse.com slash SLC app. And when you go there, you'll be able to fill out a short brief. It's about 15 questions, short brief application just for us to know a little bit about you so we can make sure that we have the right people in the community. And there you'll be able to head down the pathway of rehiring the right teachers. There's also cool things in there about how to create a solid mission and vision. So if you haven't uh, done that yet, that's one of the five considerations. Make sure you check out that mini course. There's also a, a course in there about how to chat, track your teacher's progress with a walkthrough form. There's little templates and worksheets in there. There's so much material in there. I wish I had it when I started as a principal, but I'm so glad that you guys have this opportunity. So take the chance to look at the school leadership community. That is Brandon G. House dot com slash slc app i hope to see all of the principals in there taking part of that and enjoying each other's company as we go through these live leadership think tanks and i hope until then you guys are successful leaders leading your schools to do great things until then remember to educate on purpose If you enjoyed this week's podcast, be sure to rate and subscribe on your podcast app. You can find this podcast wherever you love to listen to your favorite podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Mr. Brandon House or join the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Mr. Brandon House. Thanks again for listening and remember to educate on purpose.